some things require greater faith. He doesn't say, I might do it. He says, I will do it. You do your part because God will surely do his part. And that's faith. That's faith that moves mountain. Talking about uh, faith this morning and, and uh, faith. We've talked in the last few weeks about prayer and faith. We've talked about surrendering. We've talked about following. We've talked about worshiping. We've talked about we win. Everybody right? Uh, we can open up uh, and look at the last page and we win. We win. And it's because of our faith that we have in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Now, I was thinking about faith this morning and, and, uh, and after John was, was talking about what he said this morning. And, you know, a lot of times for a lot of people, faith stops at salvation. Just think about it for a minute. Faith stops at salvation. I guess we've, we've kind of gotten to our, to our minds that, uh, okay, I'm going to give Jesus Christ my life. I'm going to surrender. And, and while I don't understand it all, I don't understand this God, you know, maybe completely that he created this world and this earth is maybe only 8,000 years old. And, and, okay, God came from heaven. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. And, you know, you don't have evidence of all of that stuff. But by faith, you believe without knowing and having evidence of that that you believe, and that's, that's faith, right? Believing something that you don't know for sure about. So we get saved. But you know what happens a lot in our lives is that we just, then faith stops. We think that faith can just stop in, just in, a, in a relationship with Jesus Christ and just being saved. And then we live our lives as though we think because of this faith that we had in Jesus and we have in Jesus that everything else we're entitled to, all these promises and all these things, that we just seem to have some entitlement that God is just going to hand it all to us every step of the way. Am I making sense to anybody? And, but, but we're going to look here in Scripture this morning at a couple of places where Jesus talked about, by faith, you can move mountains. Now, what he's referring to is that there's an old phrase, and it traces back to the 1200 B.C. era, and you can even find it in the Babylonian um, Talmud, but, but there's a term called rooter of mountains. And, you know, God wants us to know that, that, we have, that we can have a faith in him in such a way that we can all be rooters or mountains. And when we talk about this mountains and moving mountains, and we'll be reading it here, put it more context for you, it's just that when we live a life in Jesus Christ, we got to have faith, and we got to continue to have faith. And when problems come our way, when things come our way, when doing ministry comes our way and building new buildings come our way, it takes a faith that can move mountains. It takes a faith that can move mountains. So turn with me, please, to uh, Matthew chapter 20, and let's look at these two instances, and let's see what it's going to take for us individually and as a church to be rooters of mountains. Real quick, and I apologize to you, it's Matthew 21. Matthew chapter 21, verse 20, verse 20, and it says, let's pray first. I want to pray for us. Father, we, we come to you this morning thanking you for your love and for your grace, and Lord, thanking you for, for saving us um, from hell, and thank you, Lord, for, for our eternal security that we have and for the eternal kingdom that you give us, and we praise you for that. And Lord, I, I just pray this morning for all of us here at Cornerstone that, um, that, that when we do have um, huge things that come about in life, and they always do, that we understand that uh, it takes great faith 
and to move mountains sometimes for these big problems, for these big issues, and making big decisions for Jesus Christ, Lord, that it requires something more than what we're used to giving. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll just call us all into understanding and to making uh, us know that we can all be uh, rooters of mountains. We love you and we give you praise in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 21, it says, And seeing this, the disciples marveled, look at it, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? Now, to put this in context, they were all walking, and Jesus cursed this fig tree. And, of course, we know the spiritual implication on that is, is that if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're cursed to hell, okay? We understand that, but... Um, Notice here that when the disciples passed the, the, the cursed fig tree the next morning and saw that it was withered from the roots up, notice it says that they, they marveled, saying how the fig tree withered at once. Now, understand the context of this, and we're going to make, make the application here. But, you know, for any kind of plant to die, it usually takes time, right? You know, if a, if a tree, if a fig tree gets diseased, it takes weeks or months for it to wither away and die. Um, even if someone maliciously, you know, takes a, takes a gallon of salt and pours it on, onto a tree, it's going to take days or weeks for that, for that fig tree to wither up and die. So when they saw this, they were amazed that overnight it withered up and it died. And they were just so amazed by it. Now, look. They knew, that, they knew why the fig tree died, because they, they heard Jesus curse it. But now, but they're, but they're, but they're just so marveled that it, didn't, that it didn't take very long. You see what we're saying? Now, notice what Jesus responds to them. Notice his response to them in their, in their bewilderment. Because we see here in this text that the Lord took the opportunity to teach them about the power of faith joined to the purpose of the will of God which can do far more than instantly withering a fig tree. And that's the whole point here. Again, the Lord is using this opportunity to, to show them what the power of faith is all about. And even how quick he withered this fig tree, he's going to tell them that there's more power in, in faith and in prayer than they could ever imagine, more than, it, than what he could do on, on cursing a fig tree. Are you following me here? Jesus is showing these disciples. He's saying, hey, stop and look. I did that, you know, I cursed a fig tree and it withered in 12 hours. Listen to me, you don't know how much power there is in the name of Jesus Christ when you have faith in me. He's saying, now look at this verse. He goes on and he tells them, he says, he, and Jesus answered them and he said, look at it. He said, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you shall not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it shall happen. That sounds pretty good to me. How about y'all guys? I mean, you know, this mountain is, is, is a figurative term. It's, you know, Jesus is, is never did a miracle just to, just to see what he could do. There is always a purpose behind it. So to move this mountain, this is a figurative term. What he's saying is to them guys is saying, he's saying, look, you think that fig tree was something? If you got faith in me, he said, you don't have any idea what the power of God is because the power of God can figuratively move mountains. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we all have problems. Can I have an amen? 
you know, at one, one time we all had the problem of not knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior. But it takes faith, great faith, to overcome that. But as life goes on, other things come up. You may have issues in your family. You may have financial things come into your life. God may be calling you into the ministry, and you say, I just can't do it. You see, that's a mountain in your life. You know, some things require greater faith. And what we see here this morning is, is if we're going to take those huge problems, it's going to take more than what we're used to giving, which is almost nothing. But what we've got to do is we've got to trust God and know of the power of God that there is. Everybody say amen. Because ladies and gentlemen, there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. When we believe God and undoubting, anything can take place. Again, that figuratively like moving a mountain. Does anybody in here have a mountain they need to move? Has anybody ever had mountains in their life? I'm, I'm looking at one guy here, and, and he looks like he's going to lose his job. He's got a mountain to move. And, and we just can't sit passively by and say, well, God, because I'm a Christian, I'm entitled to this and I'm entitled to that. That doesn't work. God wants us to exercise our faith. He wants us to pray, and he wants us to pray, and he wants us to pray, and he wants us to believe without doubting. And God says that he will stand there at the backside of it, making sure of his promise to us. But what happens is, is we start off believing sometimes, and then we just forget. And we forget to keep praying. And we just put everything in a box, and we think in our own past experience, and we think what's comfortable for us, and we get zapped out of it, and we don't see the mountain moved. It's because we give up. Can I have an amen? Everybody? A faith that moves mountain is a faith that doesn't get up, give up. It's a faith that, that doesn't doubt what God can do. Now, as we look at this text, it's, it's a wonderful text. But I'm reminded that Jesus pretty much said the same words over and over again. I remember, we remember reading in John chapter 14, and Jesus said this to the 12. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, he says, I will do it. You hear that? He doesn't say I might do it. He says I will do it. Now, the requirement for receiving is to ask in Jesus' name. And that is we ask according to his purpose and his will. How many has ever asked for a million dollars? God, make me a millionaire. Anybody? Ever? Come on, raise your hand. If we have one honest person, two honest people, a bunch of liars out there. <laughs> sure we have. But you know what? We ask, and that wasn't according to his will or his purpose for us. Could we be, all be millionaires? Absolutely. Absolutely. But Jesus was not speaking about faith and faith, listen close, or faith in oneself, because those things are foolish. But he was speaking about faith in the true God and in God alone, not faith in someone's dreams, not someone's faith in their own aspirations or ideas or what they think they ought to be. He says, You ask and you he says, You ask and you will receive. Amen, everybody. It's his purpose and his goals. Now, mountain-moving faith is unselfish, it's undoubting, and unqualified confidence in God. I want you to listen to this, and, and, and I need you to put your ears on real quick, all right? I'm going to quote you something from a commentary that I read this week about faith, and, and the commentary was on this particular text. 
But listen to it, and I quote. Because this, this, is, this is big reading here. This is above fifth grade level, so listen up. <laughs> Anything over that, I get lost. I got to break it down. Listen to this. He says, he says, whatever our finite minds may lead us to think, there is no inconsistency between God's sovereignty and man's faith because God's word clearly teaches both. It is not the believer's responsibility to fathom God's unscrupable ways, but to obediently follow his clear teaching. Persistent prayer, that is, believing God's word, cannot be inconsistent with the operation of God's own sovereign will, because in his sovereign wisdom and grace, he commands such prayer and obligates himself to honor it. You got the operations of God, and, and, and on this hand, you, you, you have the sovereignty of God, and maybe our minds can't fathom this, that we can ask in his name and we shall receive. Maybe we can't understand that here, but that's what the word of God says. And you see, it's that faith that moves mountains. If we doubt it, we're not going to get what we ask for. I mean, even James says, if you waver in your faith, you're not going to receive it. And that's why a lot of marriages breaks up. That's why a lot of families break up. That's why churches can't keep the harmony and unity and go south because they don't trust and believe on all things that God says he can do. They don't believe in his sovereignty and they don't believe in, in, in his operations and they surely can't put it together and know that those two coexist in the name of Jesus Christ. So here's what that means, and I put it in Ron Fox, North Texas language. It means that means that he has to do what he says he will do, even if you don't understand it. You do your part, God will do his, that's faith. You do your part, because God will surely do his part, and that's faith. That's faith that moves mountain. Look, the believer who wants what, what God wants can ask God and he can receive it. The Christian young person who truly wants what God wants for his or her life will have it. You hear me? You will have it. Young people, you will have it if you trust him. If it's in his will and for his purpose and for his glory, and you ask, you will receive it. You may not receive it today. It may be not on, on your time frame, but you will receive it. God can't break his promise. He is sovereign. The woman who truly wants God uh, in their family, she'll have it. Can I have an amen? The pastor who truly wants what God wants for his ministry will, will have it. The church who truly wants what God wants will have it. You hear me? The church who truly wants wants what God wants, will have it. The problem is, is a lot of times we want everything different. We want everything what we want. We don't want what God wants. So when we pray, we got to know what God wants. We're going to talk about that next, how you know that. Churches today are impotent. They're impotent because the people, the Christians, are impotent. 
meaning they don't have the power, because they lack the persistence in prayer. They lack the mountain-moving, rooter mountain-moving people things because the church is impotent, because the people are impotent, because the people are not persistent in their prayers to God. That's why. You know, what happens is, is they want to, we want to build the church on methods, and we want to build it on programs, and we want to build it on ideals and philosophies, and all those things have their place. But listen to me, the only way you're going to build a church is by the power of God. And the only way you're going to do that is by, is by giving it to him and listening to him and having, having faith and prayer in Almighty God and the power that he has. Because he says, if you shall ask it in my name, you shall receive it. He says, that fig tree, he says, that wasn't anything. I withered it up in 12 hours. But you've got to know that there was power in prayer. There's power in faith that can move mountains. You've just got to believe it. You've just got to believe it. You've just got to believe it. Amen, everybody? All right, look with me at uh, Matthew chapter 17, and let's finish this up, and, and we're just about done. Matthew chapter 17. Here's another text concerning moving mountains. Matthew chapter 17, look at verse 14, okay? I want to read it fast. <clears throat> it says, when they come to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. You see, this was a parent. Um, and we're going to see here that, is, that the son was, um, was, um, had evil spirits. And, you know, can you imagine, you know, your, your child's sick or whatever and a lunatic like that. And, man, you just, you just heard all these stories about Jesus and so you just fall on your knees and you say, God, please have mercy on us, my son. Please heal him. And it says, for, for he is a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And then he goes on, this father or maybe a mother, I don't, it says a man, so the father. It says in verse 16, I, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't, they couldn't cure him. And Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverted generations. Um, the King James says corrupt. And the idea of that word is not that they were, you know, um, not that they were, you know, sexual perverted people. That's often what we think because that word is often used in that context. But they're perverted in the fact that they don't trust God. That they're that they're that they're that they're they're corrupt or they're perverse because they're believing everything else everybody else says instead of a believing God. Okay. And he 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 says um, Jesus says, "How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him bring him to me." I can just imagine Jesus, kind of, you know, come on, you disciples couldn't do this, and y'all nobody's listening. Nobody's listening to what I've been saying for for all this time. He says, "Bring him here." And Jesus rebuked him, talking about the demon, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Everybody say amen. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, privately, nobody else was there, and they said, why could we not drive it out? Talking about the demon. And he said to them, because of the, the, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, a mustard seed is a tiny, tiny, like a pinhead seed, you will, you will say to this mountain, 
move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. You hear me, Cornerstone? With mountain moving faith, we're going to see how, how we get it here. Nothing is impossible to you. Cornerstone, nothing's impossible to us. We want that baptistry filled up every Sunday. Nothing's impossible for us because of God. We want to see people saved here in Wise County. We want to support more missionaries. We want to double their support. We want to send missionaries out of this church. Nothing's impossible for God. Nothing. But it takes faith. See, that's mountain-moving stuff. So how do you get there? Look at the very next verse. He says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So here's a man. He's possessed with an evil spirit. A parent had brought their son to the disciple, but they could not heal him of their condition. Verse 17 reveals Jesus' reaction in the generation. He exclaimed, he said, the reason you can't do this is because of your little faith. Jesus heals the boy in verse 18. The disciples go to Jesus privately and ask why it didn't work for them, and his reply was in verse 20, because you had little faith. Verse 21, faith that solves our problems, look at it, requires fasting and prayer. Now, we're almost done, everybody, but let me give you a little example, okay? Let me give you a little, let me give you a little example, okay? I looked up there not because I'm, it's me, I'm going too long. Um, um, let me give you a little example. This is an example, and you apply this to, any, to any, any need you have. You apply this to any need you have, whether it's in church, whether it's in home, whatever it is. Any mountain you need moved, here it is. But here's just an example of that, okay? You're married, and you're having marriage trouble. What do you do? What do you do? How do you fix the problem? Do I ignore it? Do I call it quits? Do I file for divorce? What do I do? What we do, listen to me, here's what we usually do. Just like the disciples, why it didn't work for them and why we have these, these mountains still in our lives because it didn't work because we're not doing something right. Listen to it. You know, here, here's what we often do is we reason our options either with ourselves or someone who would be partial or sympathetic towards us. Often more than not, emotion gets in the way. Fear, fear of what others will do, fear of, of what others will think. Uh, sometimes it's anger or, you know, anger drives us to make foolish decisions. Can I have an amen? I know I'm going fast, but selfishness. Sometimes we can't move that mountain um, in, in our marriages because we're just too doggone selfish. Or a lot of times we just don't do anything at all. And you know what? Everybody listen. It doesn't work. Those things won't work. That will not solve your problem and that will not move the mountains in your life. But rather, the Bible says that you fast and you pray and you fast and you pray and you fast and you pray and you fast and you pray. That's how mountains are moved. Why? Why fasting and praying? It's because you need to be controlled by the Spirit of God and not by your flesh to move mountains. That's why. Only God. Ask for wisdom. Ask for patience. Ask for strength. Ask for his will and ask for his glory to be revealed. Controlled not by emotion but by God. Not to make a decision based on fear or anger or whatever, but based on the word of God and his purpose. 
Listen to this. Fasting is giving up food or water or both for a period of time to show your dedication and dependence upon God, making his presence and and, and word your nourishment. You see it? Fasting, thus filling hunger and thirst, reminds you that you are just flesh. And the only way you're going to move a mountain is by the power of God. The Bible says, be ye not drunk with wine in excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You need to be filled, continuously filled to move a mountain because the mountain's only going to be moved because of the power of God, not the power you have in your arms, not the power you have in between your ears. It's by the power of God. So you're married and you're having problems and you fast and you pray and you fast and you pray and you fast and you pray. God says, stay the course. You made vows for richer or poorer, sickness and health. He said you promised to love one another, meaning that you would sacrifice and have action in your, in your life together because love is not just a feeling, it's action. You read in Scripture in 1 Corinthians and where it says, God says that my will is not for any to divorce but to reconcile because that's his directive will. You hear me? So now you're filled with the spirit to not the flesh, and you reconcile. And both needs to reconcile. And ladies and gentlemen, young people, that's why you do not marry unequally yoked people. Because in a marriage, it takes 100% from both people. And if you're going to reconcile, you got to do it from both sides. And if you marry, if you marry somebody unequally yoked, that means if they're not a Christian sold out to the sovereignty and the will of God, you're not going to be able to work those problems out because you're not looking to the power of God to move that mountain in your life. It can't be done. We got mountains to move. Cornerstone has mountains to move. We all have mountains to move in our lives, don't we? And guys, it's got to come from the power of God, not from our emotions of fear, but, but from the promises of God. We're building a building. <laughs> we thought when we sold this place that we'd have plenty of money. Things changed. Cost, cost of building has gone up a whole lot. The sort of materials have gone up and just everything has gone up and it is what it is and God's not surprised, right? But it takes harmony and unity and knowing that with all, all things, nothing's impossible with God. But we got mountains to move. We have mountains to move, and only God can move them. we got to look to him and for him to receive all glory. It's scary. There's a lot of unknowns. But there's no mountain that God cannot move, that, cannot, that he cannot move. Now, you got any mountains to move in your own life? we got mountains to move here together. I'm telling you right now, it's going to take all of us standing together and saying, Mountain, you move. In your families, you've got a huge issue or problem going on, 
You've got to stand in harmony and yoke together, and you've got to first, you've got to tell that mountain to move. You see, listen to me, that mountain's not going to move unless you tell it to move in the name of Jesus Christ. And as a church, if we've got a mountain to move, it's not going to move until we all come together and say, mountain, you move. And God says that he will do what he says he will do. No doubt about it. Can I have an amen? That's God's word, and we've got to believe that. If you doubt, you don't. it doesn't happen. You've got to believe God at his word, and our God cannot lie. He is sovereign, and he listens to our prayers. So let's have a time of invitation. John, come on down here. I should have had you come down a while ago, but we're going to have an invitation. And um, maybe you've got something going on in your life that you've got a mountain that needs to be moved. Um, Cornerstone? If you if you got a mountain in your life that needs to be moved, there's power in God. There's power in God to do the impossible. You just got to come, and you got to believe. You've got to believe. And for some things to move a mountain, you got to pray and you got to fast. You got to pray and you got to fast. You got to pray and you got to fast. But never, 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 never are you are you wavering from the truth of what God says that He'll do. God made a donkey talk. With words, he created the heavens and earth in six days. There's nothing our God can't do. The church today is somewhat impotent because the the Christians are impotent because they're lacking persistent prayer and believing God on what God says he will do. God wants to see people saved. Do you believe that? God wants to see people saved. He wants to see your family healthy. So as we start the invitation, you come as God leads, okay? You come as God leads. Everybody stand. And you come. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we pray that you'll, just this truth that was preached this morning about moving mountains, that we all have mountains to move. And Lord, it doesn't take the status quo of little faith to move mountains, but it takes great power that you have and through our prayer we initiate that faith and we believe and we keep believing and we believe and we believe and we trust in you and your word says that if you ask in my name I shall give it to you Lord we believe that we we may not be able to to process it in our finite minds but it doesn't matter because your sovereignty and your operations are the same and we just got to believe that We've got to trust that. Lord, we give you praise for all things, and may you be glorified in all that we do here. We love you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.